Welcome to Level Up. I'm Sherelle. And I'm Danny. And this is the podcast where we talk about health, fitness, and mindset. We are back for season three in the year 2024. I can't believe how quick it's come around, but happy new year, everyone. I hope you all got to have a break or, you know, have some sort of celebration or even just some time to yourself. It's mm. always a good year, just time of the year just to do do what you want, really. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have a little bit of a break over the holiday period, pull back a little bit? Yeah, I mean, coming down to Melbourne, it's yep. always a bit of a break, just seeing yep. friends, family, just a more low-key vibe than Sydney altogether. Yep. Uh, so I find that naturally I just sort of chill out a bit more here, but never really completely stopping. Mm. I mean, I still love working when most people aren't, mm. in a sense, just because things feel easier. Mm. There's less urgency. Yep. You know, you have more mental clarity to do what you want to do. And when you genuinely love your routine and the anchors that you have in life, you just, mm. you don't want to let go of it all. Totally. I'd be lost without my routine. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you? Did you visit family and all of that? Yeah, I went home for um, Christmas and then I'm actually going home again for New Year's. My, it's my grandma's 85th, which is, yes. is wild, ticking on. Um, but on yeah, it. it's been so nice just to pull back and have a little bit of time with friends and family. And I'm very similar to you. Love keeping things just ticking away in the background and working in silence when everyone else is having some time off. I find that sort of oddly therapeutic, to be honest, when there's no urgency. But yeah, it's a great time of the year to make sure that you can fill up your cup, recharge the batteries. I just love summer. Like I'm obsessed with summer. Yeah. Um, so I can't wait to get some sunshine because I feel like I've been behind a computer for all of the year. <laughs> Literally, especially in Melbourne as well. Like yep. the, the odds of having a sunny day, but then the space to have time away from mm. work is very slim. Yep. So if you can get some sun, just get out there. Yeah, totally, definitely. What about you? What's plans for January? Oh, well, essentially it is going to be January when this is oh, recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're talking, yeah, again, just, you know, still just uh, working on little bits and pieces in the background, mm. but then getting some sunshine, going to the beach. Mm. I'm back in Sydney. So, yeah, it's been pretty good up there. It had made the move a lot easier going to Sydney yep. just because the weather does get really nice. Yes. Um, yeah, and then you click and then it's Feb, March, April, but we won't go down that path because for today's episode, we're actually going to look backwards and reflect on some mm. of our lessons from 2023. Mm. And, you know, every day we have a new lesson, but we really just wanted to highlight some of the key um, key lessons that we went through really. So taking you on our journey of growth for 2023. Yep. And, and sharing some of our learnings. But, you know, we talk about some of the lessons that really resonate with us. Mm. They're not easy to learn at the time. Mm. I feel like no good lesson comes easily. That's to be a bit of pain or a bit of anxiety or yep. a bit of hardship behind it to go, oh, okay, I'm going to learn from that. <laughs> Oh, I could not agree more, right? And when you're learning lessons and when things are happening, you're like, why? Why is this happening? Why? What did I do wrong? And it's always in hindsight that you can look back and appreciate the lessons. And I love these conversations because I know how important they are to be able to reflect back on things that just didn't go to plan. And like you said, it's actually a little bit painful when you look back and be like, I learned this. However, now I do this this way. And you can actually pull something from that challenge or that hardship that you went through. And honestly, like people that can own it and people that can zoom out and reflect on those things, they're the ones that make the most growth, right? Because it's so easy just to sit in your sorrows and feel sorry for yourself. <laughs> but 
you guys aren't that sort of person, right? That's why you're listening to this podcast. Um, it's always great in hindsight to do that, I must add. Doing it after the challenge is <laughs> over and being able to reflect on the lesson, which is what we're going to do today because both Dandy and I have learned some, you know, hard, challenging, but also so beneficial and rewarding things over the last year. So I'm excited to reflect on them. Definitely, because, you know, when you're in the midst of a stressful time, mm. you hear people, oh, everything's meant to be. And, oh, you know, it's there's the worst. A lesson. Oh, it could be worse. Oh. It's like, don't gaslight me. <laughs> could be worse is, you know, it's, yeah. look, it's true that it could be worse, but then you don't want to minimise from your problem. No. We're still allowed to be upset about things. We're still allowed to feel emotions. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it could be worse, but it's like, this thing's happening right now and I yeah. don't feel good about it. Mm. So I need to focus on this. But mm. if you don't have that growth mindset you're talking about and taking the best out of a shit time, yeah. then life will be very miserable because life's always trying to knock us yeah. down with challenges and challenges and then people that cross our yeah. paths and it's not an easy road. And yeah. if it is an easy road, then you're probably not doing much yep. you yep. know what I mean yeah and every season and every stage of life has different challenges like has different obstacles that you've got to learn and I love this saying but every lesson is repeated until it's learned and I just firmly believe that because I'm like the amount of times you just get knocked in the face by the same obstacle and it's like I thought I dealt with this but I clearly didn't like I didn't go back and I, I didn't do it properly you know I rushed through it or I, I wanted the outcome rather than the process and like you just you have to learn lessons in a hard way yeah. that's actually what makes them so valuable and memorable right we don't learn anything when things go well we don't learn things when we're not faced with adversity we really don't we learn when we have to navigate through obstacles and challenges that's yeah. the beauty of it and not only that which I know we'll get into but one of the most valuable things from lessons is the skills that you learn from it the obstacles and the challenges and like the traits that you learn. And I know we've spoken about this with comp prep, which feels like a, an eternity ago, yeah. but the challenges we faced through prepping our bodies for a bodybuilding show are just invaluable for me now, like in business, in life, in being grateful, in, in work and in discipline and all of those things. It's, it's the lessons that you actually learn from a challenge that you voluntarily take on that allows you to grow stronger. So that's why it's so, so, so important, not only to stretch yourself to fail, right? Because you won't make mistakes if you're not stretching yourself in some capacity. Like if you just stay in your lane and stick in your comfort zone, you probably won't learn many valuable lessons. But if you're really pushing the boundaries and trying, like trying to excel at certain things, you're gonna fuck up. You're gonna make mistakes and that's okay. Like at least you're trying. I remember yeah. saying that to you a while ago, but it's like, fuck, at least we're in the arena, you know, like putting ourselves out there. And I know we reference Brené Brown all the time, but like if people aren't in the arena getting their ass kicked along with you, like don't take advice from them because they're just <laughs> not stretching yourself, right? Yeah. Like if you're making mistakes and falling over and, and coming into challenges and being like, damn it, you know, I really tried with that and I've let myself down. That's okay. It just means that you're trying. So this time of the year is a great opportunity to, you know, maybe reflect on some of the lessons that you're like, oh, you know, I still feel a bit disappointed or whatever it might be. Like feel sorry for yourself, but let's get rid of it now. Let's yes. like find action points and mobilize that feeling so you don't feel paralyzed by it. Totally. So get yourself in a clear headspace. And I love mm. doing my reflecting and goal setting, you know, after all the Christmas and January craziness, mm. like New Year craziness, because I find when you're setting goals and reflecting, the outcome can be heavily based on what you're feeling at that moment. Mm. And if you're a bit overwhelmed, 
if you're not feeling that confident about yourself, you're going to set goals from a place of lacking or fear-based goals. And that's not, A, it's not yeah. motivating and it's not realistic of your yeah. full capacity. You know, when you're feeling yourself, you feel unstoppable. That's the state that you want to get in when you're setting goals. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you need to set realistic goals but you're better off just getting yourself in a positive frame of mind, mm. reflecting, taking on those lessons, not beating yourself up and just really being able to move forward in a positive light. So mm. I don't know about you, but I definitely wait until the end of year craziness is over. And then, you know, first, second week of Jan, then we get in that state and we look forward. Yeah. Especially this time of the year as well. Like it's, it's nuts business wise in the fitness industry, isn't it? Like January is just a wild time. So it's a time to reflect, but it, it, like for us, I feel like it's also a time to go, you know, like I like to take the whole month almost of January to really zoom out and reflect on my goals and give myself space because I think what a lot of people do when it comes to goal setting and moving forward is they just do it in such a short term frame. Like they just think, what do I want to achieve? Yep, this looks good. Write it down on a piece of paper, create a vision board and off they go. They haven't even given themselves space to think about what they want to achieve and we did this with our community but what's important to you like what are your values you know because a lot of people just set goals they set outcomes and they don't realize that they haven't even reflected on the things that are most important to them like maybe family is a really strong value for you maybe freedom is maybe maybe travel is like what's a value for you and does, does your goal actually align with that because often i find that as we grow our values shift and change but our goals or our benchmark just doesn't and it should right like our values and our goals should change together and and do that um at the same time so making sure that you're giving yourself lots of space and as i said like january i don't really set many too clear targets for myself i just like to be able to give myself the space and the energy to figure out what i want to do for the year yes exactly so let's get into it how about mm. that what's yep. your First lesson of 2023. My first lesson that I've learned for 2023 is that most things aren't as good as they seem and often the grass isn't greener. Mm. Now, I know a lot of people throw sayings and quotes out there, but until you <laughs> live it and learn it, like it doesn't exist. You know how you just hear all these beautiful quotes and sayings and you're like, oh, that sounds nice. I'm just gonna <laughs> put that in an Instagram caption. <laughs> but <laughs> don't you think, so until true. you actually live it, I'm like, shit now I know what that means. Like until we experience it for ourselves, that's when you get to really embody that lesson. And for me, the grass isn't greener is something I've always said and known. But now that I feel like I'm in the depths of business and sort of at that stage of life as well, like it's so easy to get lost in what everyone else is doing and everyone else's journey and where everyone else is and where you should be and what someone else is doing. Like it's so easy to do that. But knowing and, you know, through some experiences and, and um, different things this year, just being able to see like everyone has their shit. Like the grass often isn't greener. And again, like we know that most people post their highlights, but what does that mean? Like think about what actually happens behind the scenes then. You know, you don't see people struggling with IVF or you don't see people like losing a loved one or you don't see people going bankrupt or you don't see people struggling to pay their grocery bills. Like you don't actually see that stuff. And we just say, oh yeah, everyone posts their highlights. But mm -hmm. what does that actually mean and feel? And I even feel that saying it, like, because I've just seen people that like, I don't want to say I compared myself to, but I just saw people that I used to probably put up on a pedestal or I used to think didn't have problems. I didn't, they didn't have their own obstacles. 
And then when you actually see behind the scenes or you have a conversation with them or, you know, maybe they do share the odd thing, you're like, wow, you know, like no one's immune to hardship. And it's so important to stay in your own lane and realise that the problems that you're going through, they are so universal. Like as humans, we all have those things and we're all just honestly out there just trying to make it. Yeah. Can I ask, when you would look at someone's life and mm. say, wow, their life looks amazing, you know, the other green side, what's your green grass? Or what did mm. it used to look like? You'd see someone and go, damn, like, they're killing it. What, yeah, what? that's a good question. I think I think that's going to change, by, and it definitely has for me, based on what I saw as successful or desirable at certain times. And, you know, like, I think that's evolved for me and I think it reflects on what you want your life to look like. And for me, like, something that's important for me is like values of mine is like freedom. You know, like I don't want to be bound to anything. I want to be like have flexibility and freedom in what I'm doing and have choice. Choice and optionality are the two things that I'm like, I crave in life. I just love being able to choose what I do, when I do it, how I do it and with whom. So for me, it's like based around values. But I even think back to like as young as high school and being like, oh, their family looks so perfect. Uh, yeah. You know, and like, oh, they just look so happy or they're so smart. You know, I don't have to try in school. Like, it doesn't really matter what it is. I just think it's the theme of everything is always greener, like looks greener. Yeah. And, you know, something I was thinking about is sometimes the grass is greener because it's fake on the other side, you know, where people are just <laughs> posting cool. the fakeness. And, like, you see it all the time now because people are more vulnerable and transparent online, but they're like, I had major depression through this period and I was just smiling because that's what I had to do you know mm. I just showed up and I had to post for business and you know everyone's willing to share the hardship in hindsight I just wish and for myself like I don't I definitely you know have my own reservations too but it would be such a different world if we all shared challenges as we're in them right and even now we're reflecting on lessons in hindsight because it's easier to do it and it's really hard to share a challenge when you're in the middle of it when you're trying to navigate that challenge because Often you're just trying to survive, you know, that obstacle. Yeah. But everyone shares it in hindsight once they're through it and they're out the other side and everything's fine again. So it's just about realising that people are going through shit whether you realise it or not. And even when someone's smiling, there's something that's going on for them too. And often the people that show the most success, the most happiness and don't share much, they're the ones that are usually struggling the most. So if you're brave enough or if someone's brave enough and has the courage to actually share anything that might be slightly vulnerable, they're off, off, like often the ones that are actually the richest with support, family, self-esteem, courage, mindset. So yeah, it's just been that realisation through like a th few different examples. And as I said, maybe we know these things, but until we live them, we, we haven't really experienced it. Yeah. What's that saying? Like, don't meet your idols or something like that? Yeah. You know, people that people that even I used to put on a pedestal. In our industry, obviously, yeah. I'm not going to meet all my favourite celebrities no, well, in Hollywood. The Rock, not even good. You know, <laughs> I'd love to meet him one day. But like, you know, just people in our industry yeah. or whoever or, or certain people that you've just met, mm. you know, you meet them, you go, oh, wow, okay, like very different to on social media. They're not actually nice people yeah. like or something like yes. that. And it just snaps you into reality and very much so. But then it's also that line of... It is very hard to share when you're going through something, but then the online space is tricky. I'm mm. all about sharing a hard time with a friend or mm. a family member when it feels safe, but then like you get those people crying on their camera oh. and then it gets a bit like, oh. Like, did you set that up? 
I don't yeah. get it. I don't if understand I'm crying, it. Yeah. That camera's nothing near my face. I don't want to even look in the mirror. Like I don't, don't want fucking come near me. You know, if I'm genuinely having to cry, yeah. I'm like I could not imagine just flipping on the camera. Yeah. The old breakup ones where it's like, you know, they set the tripod up and they're going through a breakup. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, again, yes. But they need love. But is that actually real? Is that real? That's what I'm saying. Like, But the then how is, do you share a hard time? Like, what? I think you can feel it. I can sense when someone's yeah. authentic versus, like you said, someone actually, I don't know, from the bed, they've got the camera set up in the corner, like, <laughs> journaling and crying. I'm like, you staged that. That, to me, <laughs> is inauthentic, though, right? Like, I, I don't know if that – that's not the trust-building stuff that I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> social media's changed and evolved so much, but I get stuck in a trap of scroll with, like – emotional things now where people you can feel it through the screen and I'm like oh am I getting old I'm just like emotional <laughs> now watching sad stories like yeah. have you seen the reels where I can't remember the creator's name but they'll interview people on the street and like they'll interview older people or they'll say oh. like what's your biggest regret or yeah. you know or homeless people like that stuff kills me on the inside that's authentic like that's yeah. real. You can tell the difference between an influencer that's documenting or vlogging their breakup versus <laughs> sorry, but it's the truth, isn't it? Do you it agree? Is the truth. Probably get scold for this. No, but it, <laughs> it is the truth. So hats off to people who can actually do it. But that's yeah, the last thing like I you could can do. feel it. Honestly, like I just think as humans, we have like an innate gut sense where it's like if someone's like not trustworthy, you can feel it. I remember reading this in a book about communication, but when we say something, if it's scripted, right, our body language or our facial expression, expression, sorry, will follow like a microsecond after we say it. But when we're Ooh. not scripting, the opposite will happen. So we respond emotionally and visually, our yeah. eyes and our mouth and our, you know, our, our lines and everything will respond visually first, a microsecond before we speak. So that's actually when we script. That's why you can tell when someone's scripting. Maybe it's in the tone of their voice, but it's also in their facial expression, unless they're really skilled at it. So yes. being able to do this, right, it's an art, but it's also why we can sense from behind the screen when we watch something, whether it's real or whether they're being transparent or whether it's staged and scripted. Yeah, that might, is it because you have to like think about what you're saying? And then you react after yes. you've oh, okay. Which is so interesting, yeah. right? I didn't know that. I was like, I wonder why, you know, you can just tell. You can just tell and that's why. It's because when people are scripting, they're speaking and then responding yeah. versus responding and then speaking. Yeah. It's very different. You do notice it. Mm, totally. Some people yeah. it's horrible and I'm like, yeah, oh, my God, it's, it's like. cringe, man. Yeah, some people it's horrible. And I think, like, don't get me wrong, I script a lot of my content if I want to get a clear message across. But I don't script, like, my life. You're not scripting your emotions. No. Like, hardships. Yes. No. Yeah, okay. I agree. The grass is always greener. Mm -hmm. I stand by that saying. Yeah. The grass isn't greener. No, the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, but it's fake. Oh, yeah. So I was just trying to agree with your point. Often the grass <laughs> Whatever you isn't said, greener. I agree. The grass isn't greener. Like, the grass is greener where we water it. Oh, sorry. That's, yeah. the, that's the analogy. Oh, because the normal saying is the grass is greener on the other side. The normal oh, saying is... <laughs> close. The normal saying goes the grass... Like, often people think the grass is greener on the other side. Sorry. Yes. Like the yeah. People think that, yeah, but that's tripping. not the reality. Once you get over there, you realise it's fake or it's full of weeds there's or they spray painted it. Whatever it is, there's... <laughs> every grass still has dog shit in it. Honestly, you sit on it, there's prickles everywhere. Literally. You know, I don't even want grass you've got to mow it all the time gotta mow it. oh there's just yeah it's it's not good <laughs> but one thing i realized just on that 
is when you think, and this is probably more specific to, I guess, business and work, but often you think that a better opportunity is better or something different is better or over here I wouldn't have this problem but that's not the case like the grass isn't greener because that opportunity or project or line of work that thing over there has its own set of challenges and its own set of shit and just because you've got something over here that you're dealing with you still want to have it over there so don't get that I guess woman in the red dress analogy where it's better over there because it's not like mm. it's not better. You've got challenges here and you can either fix them and get through that shitty stage or you can go over there and face different challenges that are just as hard and have to go through the same stage. Yes. So don't get that like shiny object syndrome where you're just jumping between opportunities or challenges because you think the grass is greener when matter of fact is you get over there and you realise it's not. There's problems everywhere. Yep. You just have to learn how to handle them and what kind of problems you want. But you're mm. going to have them in every phase of your life. Mm-hmm. Even if someone just handed you a million dollars, you're going to have to pay tax on it. You won't know where to put it in which bank account. Like you have all <laughs> oh, what these problem. problems. You know, what do I buy with it? <laughs> well, do that's I why people it? that win Tats Lotto, they, they blow it and yeah, they go, go bankrupt. And it's just because they don't know how to save and earn money. Exactly. Or they buy a fast car that they don't know anything about driving, then they crash it. Mm. Like it happens all the time. So people get used to having problems. That is life, but it's how you handle them. Mm. Totally. All right, you're up. That's my first one. Green grass. Yeah. So my, one of my lessons was just the best way to learn is to bloody get out there and get your hands dirty, you know, (laughs) do the work. For some reason, people just want to outsource everything, you know, they've just started in their career as a trainer and they're ready to outsource. So they're Mm. ready to expand and, you know, hire all these people. It's just a money pit, you know, and even I started trying to outsource things and you know we're here in a beautiful podcast studio that was a tick we did good on this one but there's so many other ones that I've made mistakes totally you know and it's like oh dear that was not a good idea Mm. but that taught me to get back in there and get my hands dirty and learn new skills you know I've been making websites for people Mm. you know even people I'm not working with now my brother is like you just chuck together a little website for me I'm like okay I've learned how to do it because I've realised that you still need a base level of knowledge on most of the things happening in your business because other people can take you for a ride, you know. it's And why would you stop expanding your knowledge Mm. and skill set? I got bored as well. Mm. As I was trying to grow different avenues, you know, if someone else is growing it for you, it can be, yeah, it's it's not thrilling, it's not entertaining, you're not learning. So it is really important just to still get out there and get that experience. Mm. That's kind of from a business sense, but even as a coach, you know, people, there's this epidemic of not knowing enough. And I know it's because of social media. Oh, totally. Every person just puts out how smart they are. And I know this, and my client got this result where they might have a hundred clients. One did really well, but they're going to post that one client. I hate that. It's like, okay, we saw that testimonial three years ago. It's the same one. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same testimonial, but you know, and then people think, oh God, my clients don't look like that. I need to study more. I need to read another book. I don't know I enough. Need, I don't know enough. And then they're wasting all their time doing extra study. Yeah. Obviously a little bit's good and we always want to learn and, and do all that, but too much study is a trap mm. because then it actually takes you away from yeah. your craft yeah. and your skill set. Like there's no course on or a great course on how to have emotional intelligence mm. with your client when they walk in. 
you know, let's just say you're a face-to-face -face trainer, your client comes in, there's no book that says, okay, smile, shake their hand or, you know, open up your body language, let them through the door first. Mm. You know, it's not just about this is the most optimal technique in the gym. It's like, no, there's, they might have had a bad day and you have to comfort them. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, you know, you need to make the job entertaining and have yep. a bit of a laugh. That's yep. what makes you a good coach. Totally. All of these little nuances that you just learn through confidence, through practice, you know, not from behind a computer screen mm. or a book. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that. And mm. even myself, I know this was meant to be our lesson for the, for the year, but, you know, I have that to a degree still, but then I just, I just feel for people that are stuck in that social media trap, mm. not feeling good enough, not feeling yeah. smart enough, but they're a top person. And I would prefer hiring someone that's personable, still good at their mm. job, but you don't have to be a complete genius with no emotional intelligence and it makes it a bit awkward you're not yep. going to open up to them and it's not fun yeah so just be you and you know realize that you don't always have to recite what's in a textbook to be a good coach or to be good at business mm -hmm. you just have to be a good person hey guys if you're enjoying the episode please share it with a friend or share it on your socials and don't forget to tag us as a coach it's it's about like no one cares what you know unless they know that you care Right. Yes. Heard that like you like honestly we live in an epidemic of information people don't want more information no. people don't need more information the the value of information went out the door when google came in right exactly you find everything chat gpt now like why do i need anyone for anything what people want is someone to dilute the information condense it and give them what they need that's exactly what people want they don't want all the bells and whistles yes please don't tell a new beginner client about a moment arm like it doesn't matter, do you know what I mean? Like people just want what they need. They need the tiny next step. Even if they think they might need the end, right? A lot of people come in, they want this and they want that and they want to learn about this and that's amazing. But as a coach, it's actually knowing how to filter and like how to give people what they need. And this is for everything, not even just coaching, but like working with staff, working with people, relationships, like tiny next steps of what people actually need. It's definitely been something that I've learned because I felt like I was probably in that too, where it was like, I never knew enough. There was always more to learn, but you sort of, I don't know, something happens where you realize that that's actually not what people need, not no. what people want, not why people are coming to you. And it's actually the other things like, relatability, charisma, personality. It's all of those traits that, I don't know, people don't know how to build. It's easier to read a textbook than what it is to work on your communication skills. But at the end of the day, those are the things that separate you. Because I know a lot of really intelligent people that struggle to get clients. Yes. That really, really suffer in their relationships. That don't have a lot of friends. That aren't really that happy, you know? And it's it's got nothing to do with what they know. They're very intelligent, but yeah, I think people can get really stuck in that trap and a lot of people take advantage of it too. Totally. You know, they just sell because they know those people out of that insecurity will pay a lot. Oh, yeah. It's a big selling point mm. to people. Do mm. you feel like an imposter? Well, oh! join my course. If you don't feel like an imposter, you're probably not stretching yourself enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, that's a good thing. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm, you know, imposter syndrome. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. Point. I get it. Right. But that's like a syndrome is such a scary word. Right. Syndrome True. is a collection of symptoms. And I, I just <laughs> don't even know if, if that's what like you guys have or if I have like it's not a collection of symptoms. It's it's a side effect of stretching yourself to do something that you might not feel 100 percent ready for. Mm. Right. And if you feel 100 percent ready, 
you're late to the party and you've probably missed the opportunity, right? So it's about yeah, exactly. stretching yourself. I had a question for you though, because your lesson around like not outsourcing too quick. I've learnt that too, where I'm like, ooh, took my finger out of the pie a little bit too soon. Now I've got to come back in and, and you know, put my finger back, back in, in the, in the pie. pie. <laughs> I've never heard the part two of that saying. <laughs> Put your finger back in the pie. Why did I just think of American Pie and that scene with oh, the pie? Yuck. Let's not go there. Okay, My germs. No, um, that's a scary movie. Anyway. What yes. helped you realise that maybe you needed to put your finger back in the pie? Like was there anything that sort of you were like, oh, I just think maybe I was growing too quick or I don't know, like what helped you learn that lesson? As in like why outsourcing mm. wasn't the right thing? Yes. Oh, it was more just thinking that I had to outsource because yeah, it like didn't... thinking that was the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, there's so many elements, as I've mentioned, where it's been amazing. Mm. But then in the ones where I didn't have to, it's like... But I, this is a part of me as well that loves control and loves working. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, I better... I should just do it myself. Yeah. It'll be cheaper. I don't have to try and explain to the other person what I'm trying to do. I don't have to micromanage everything. In, and I'm wasting time and money yeah. and I'm not happy with the result. Mm. So it's like, okay, I tried it. Maybe I didn't hire the right person or maybe I just outsourced when I actually still loved that job yeah. as well because I've found this year, you know, not that I, like, I've still been working with clients and doing all of that, but I love being creative and mm. I love being a bit of a computer geek. Yep. There are just elements where I actually missed. I, like, I'm, I'm back face to face, mm. which... I thought that door was done, mm. but there are just things that I missed mm. and I just had to listen. Either the results were not good from the person that I hired or yep. I've made the mistake or I just literally missed doing that task. Mm. You know, I'd never, I'd never do my bookkeeping again. Yep. I'd never do my tax and all that and things like that, but it was more just like the creative tasks that I enjoyed. Well, maybe I didn't actually have to outsource that, but I sort of thought that I had to yeah. when I didn't. So interesting. I mean, like, it's it's so true. Like, I, I feel like the same as you. There was only two reasons why I personally, now that I've learned that lesson to outsource, and that um, the only re two reasons why I'll keep something is enjoyment yeah. um, and results. Like, if I need to keep something because it's not quite ready, it's not like I wouldn't confidently be able to pass this over to someone and expect them to deliver the same outcome. Mm. Then And then the same thing. Like, there's just certain things I like doing. Do you know what I mean? That I don't like, I think that's important. You can't just outsource your whole life. Like, don't get me wrong, I have a cleaner. Hate that. Yeah, <laughs> I can yeah. clean the house. Love the cleaner. But if I liked cleaning, I'd clean. Yes. You know, the same with cooking. Like, you know, I actually like cooking. So, you know, I do that at periods of outsource it. But you've got to keep the things that you actually like and the things that you want to get better at um, to get an outcome like close to you and not feel like you've got to get rid of everything. Because, yes, yeah, so many people in, in this world of scaling and growing and outsourcing and being more efficient and leverage and everything that comes with that, there's also mistakes and you can't rush to doing that. But I didn't know you were back in person. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, again, like we've got our gym. Mm. And Why not? Yeah, because yeah, I thought I'd – because I refer – so many leads. If anyone was in Sydney, I'd yep. give them all to our staff who I yep. love and they're really good. So I thought, oh, that's sweet. Yep. But then I'm like, okay, as the year was wrapping up, I found myself with more free time and yep. I'm like, damn, I do miss it. Yeah. I miss the thrill of having a new client yep. or just those emotions. And mm. again, all of those things that you don't get from studying and in a course, yes. you know, I feel like I blended these two lessons together, but you know, you're not going to get those personal emotions from a course and, mm. and all of that. So, yeah, just really miss those feelings. Yeah. Um, and then as kind of like a side point on 
courses. Like, don't hide behind courses. Just yeah. get out there and do the thing. And to be honest, because I'm sure you get asked this as well, what is the best course for XYZ? Oh, all the time. Obviously, the courses that you and I run and the educationals yeah. that we run, they're the best. Yeah. But, like, if someone goes, what's the best like business course. Yeah. And I know, you know, business coaching. <laughs> I was waiting for a reaction. <laughs> There's no good business yep. course because, you know, a lot of those people don't have a successful business. Mm. They just know how to get on there and get AI to help them yep. make a course. But everyone's business is so unique. Yeah. So you can have underlying principles, but yep. to really grow your business, I feel like you need so many different mentors. Totally. And advice from specialists who actually have success in that area mm. rather than buying a 12-week course, setting your goals, you know, and all those little... I don't even know what happens in those courses. Yep. But, yeah, just, just get out there and do the work in mm. summary. Get out there and do the work and just find actual mentors mm. rather than just spending all your years studying yeah it yep. will not get you further yep i've actually changed my mind on that no oh, that's why you didn't react a little bit oh, damn little i baited you um no look I, d I definitely still feel like again we are in that such a oh, i don't even know like an epidemic of business coaches <laughs> that don't even have successful businesses behind them as a showroom to say this is what you want right yeah they're 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 smart they're just scaling a freaking online course on Thinkific, you know, and that's okay. <laughs> so that's okay. But, it, and it's all relative to what you want, but like over the last, I want to say four to six months, like we have had business mentors come in and but help us. But mentors are a different course. So different. Oh that's yeah, not what I mean. Course. Mentors versus yep. courses. Yep. But the difference that I now know that I can reflect on is the difference between doing something like that versus going through some sort of course. Like we waited until we were stuck. Yep. Most people, there's a big long list on their iPhone notes of shit they need to do before they pay for someone's help. Yeah. So much, right? We exhausted that, right? So it's about doing all the things that you know you should be doing to fix the problems that you've got. And then what we did is we sort of outsourced people to help with specific areas to make the product better. Nice. It wasn't about scaling. It was about making the product better. Like, oh, I'm just running into this and when we do this, this happens, you know. So it's, it's for like specific reasons, like you said, because this person that does this would be horrible at that. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, oh, do you want some advice at this section? I'm like, nope. Not <laughs> like, from you. You're great at this. Do you know what I mean? So, and, you know, you've got to be in a, um, like, you've got to be in a position, you've got to do the time and you've got to have tried things to get to that. Whereas I just feel like so many people, again, they're looking for the quick fix, they're looking for the answer with everything and often they're surprised when it's not there. It's like, oh, I just thought, you know, I'd do this 12-week scale my company course and I'd make a million dollars. And it's like, <laughs> that is not how it works, right? No. And you, you took the bait. That's all you did. So, yep. yeah, you've got – I've, I've, I haven't made that mistake because I've just looked around and seen so many other people make it for me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and been like, oh, like just be like freaking really good at what you do and yes. just obsess over results and obsess over like culture and doing it the right way and obsess over your own personal development. Like obsess over those things and the outcome will come because exactly. you'll build the skills that will be required to do those things. Yeah, agreed. Mm. That's it for my one. That was a good one. Great one. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh, that leads perfectly into my other lesson, Good. which I think we might have reflected on previously, but a lesson I have learnt over 2023. And honestly, all years up until this one, I had been learning this lesson, but last year was the time that I put it into place, was that you can only deeply commit to a few things. Like you can only deeply commit to a few things at one time. And it's so hard when you're a founder, when you're passionate, when you've got lots of interests, when you've got lots of opportunity, I think as well, because the more successful that you become, the more opportunities that come your way as well. 
and it then shifts to not a game of saying yes, but a game of saying no and how much you can say no to and how much you can decline. Oh, it's so hard. And mm. But that is something I've learned for 2023 is like that you can physically only commit your time, your energy, your money, your focus to a couple of different things. Less is more. Like if you can actually put that to one, you are going to be more successful at that one thing than even two or three. So for me, it's like this year's been so hard to say no to a lot of things and like things that I want to do, like saying no to good for the longer term vision of great is really challenging. And yeah, I've just learned that this year. It's just been such a pivotal realisation for me of when I've said no and at the time it's felt hard and yucky and like the wrong decision. And I've got those parts that are like, oh, you're being lazy, you should do it. Like, you know, mm. take it on, do more, blah, 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 hustle. Like you've got those parts because there's parts of me that feels like I'm taking the easier route by not taking on more. Mm. But then it's like, actually, no, it just means you can 10X the time, energy and focus because you don't have unlimited resources of those. That's the only resource you can't replenish all of the time. It's why a lot of the greats obsess over productivity and health in general and well-being because they know that you can't just create more of it. Putting that back into just a couple of things and just being disciplined to saying no and, and like I know it goes against what we're saying about delegating, but delegating when it's good enough yeah. rather than perfect so that I can focus on the things that do need a lot of attention, that's just been such a big realisation for me. What are some of the things that you had to say no to? <sighs> well, not in specifics, but, you know... Yeah, or so it can be if you want. No, so for example, like at the moment, we have like the, obviously the coaching business and we also have the app going at the same time. They are two separate products, two separate parts of the business. And it's been really hard to, to shift and focus between the two. Mm. But in all honesty, I've let go of everything else besides those two things. Cool. So like no other projects, like even Habitual Self, the journal that I launched, that's gone, got to go on the back burner for now. Like it's still mm. passively there, but in terms of working on things, it's like, this is where my energy needs to be. Yeah. These two things, same brand, same umbrella, um, but that's it. Do you know what I mean? I focus on those people over here and those people on here and making those two products the best as I can. There's also been parts of me where I know in the, in the future, my vision is to sort of merge it all under the sort of the same yeah. thing, but you know, there's also parts of me that's like, oh, well, you know, make sure that you don't split it too much and, and, and you know, would it be better just focusing on one? Mm. You know, there's lots of parts of me that just realises that the more you cut the weight, the, the more you can carry in one area. And, yeah, I just, I just think from what I've consumed in a lot of other different spaces, different people, that's always been a common theme. Like a lot of really successful, great people, they just don't have a lot of things. Exactly. They have one thing that got them there. And once they get to a certain point where it doesn't matter, they can just throw billions around. That's when they diversify. Yes. And I never really understood that because I think that often when you see people doing a lot of things, you think that they're successful. You get that. But it's it's not the case, is it, right? Like it's it's like if people have their finger in too many pies, no pie is good. <laughs> you love this. <laughs> Pie analogy. <laughs> you and your pies. We're going to get your meat pie after. Are you it. talking apple pie type? Sweet oh, dessert. Blueberry. Like blueberry pie. Yeah, not on a nice not window pie. I'm Australian enough. If I have a meat pie, there's something wrong with <laughs> That could be the new cover photo. Oh. <laughs> but I know, I know what you mean. And, you know, there's no such thing as balance oh, across no. your life. Yes. Like, and on that, though, like not only business, I've had to let go of other things. I've had to say no to social events, mm. like no to things with people, like no to relationships that are, you know, that maybe don't serve me, yeah. like acquaintances and just things where I'd really stretch myself and be like, why am I doing this? You know, why am That's I doing this? I've yeah. got a really good quote that's sort of James Clear um, 
said recently in one of his newsletters that hit home. I'm like, read it out if that's okay. Read it out. Be ruthless about what you ignore. Time, energy and resources are so precious. You have to be ferocious about cutting your priorities more than you realise and certainly more than is comfortable. You can only deeply commit to a few things, one or two, maybe three. Every pretty good, sort of nice, kind of fun thing you abandon is like shedding a weighted vest that lets you move at top speed. You were so busy focusing on how much you could carry, you never realised you could run this fast. Wow. Wow. Isn't that powerful? I get goosebumps. Mic drop. Love That's it. great. But yeah, that realisation for me was like, this is this is what I need to do. You know, like this, don't, don't get blinkers. You know, everyone else's pies. Don't worry about them. <laughs> <laughs> just like really, like you'll be so surprised at how much you can achieve if you just focus on a couple of great things and make them even better. Yeah. I feel like you have to earn that right though because I know... At the start of business, and I still found myself, you know, in 2023 wearing so many mm. hats and putting more hats even on, but then I want 24 to be taken off some of those hats. Yep. I need to give my head, a, my neck a break. It gets heavy wearing all the hats because I 100% did, like, obviously everything I'm doing is in the fitness industry. So it's not like we're branching out to random businesses that haven't got to do with our current, you mm. know, skill set and profile and all of that. But yeah. Even doing, you mentioned two separate things, even you know, two plus things, it takes your energy and your effort. So, yeah, you do have to earn that right, though, I feel, to mm. be able to start getting rid of jobs. Um, but you definitely don't want to be juggling everything forever because yeah. there's only so much growth you will have. Mm. And scaling is not always the next step. You know, and I heard someone say scaling is a responsibility. Mm. You you have yeah. to want to scale and it has to benefit you. It's like we always get asked, are you going to make another pato? Like bring yeah. pato to Melbourne or, you know, mm. wherever. And it's like, hell no, that will definitely dilute the brand. And I know for a fact that we wouldn't be able to replicate the exact same gym, community, vibe, equipment than what we have. So it's mm. like, no, I'm actually happy keeping that as is and just creating a really awesome culture there. Things like that. So, yeah, I feel like it's a mix of being ready to shed the jobs mm. and letting go of a bit of control. That's my lens anyway. Like, totally. Okay. I completely agree. Like, it is something, like, at the start, you're just honestly throwing shit everywhere. You're just trying to figure <laughs> it out. Let's be real. I'm not just focusing on one thing. Otherwise, you mm. just wouldn't gain the skills. But once you do become a bit of a generalist and you sort of get that sense and you see an opportunity that's great, that you know that if you gave it the love and attention it deserves and needs to flourish, like you go ham at that. Yes. Because sometimes, not sometimes, those other things are just distractions, right? Like it's the shiny object. It's like, oh, I could do a little bit over here, but you don't really know what you're, you're letting go of, right? And like, mm. let's, let's use relationships. It's like we've all had that one guy, right? Where you're like, oh, shiny object syndrome, right? Yeah. But like the relationship that is going to take you to the end of life, right? That's the thing that you need to commit to, even if it's not thrilling and exciting as that bad boy that you saw when you were 19, right? <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing in everything. There's always going to be distractions out there that look good. But yes. again, the grass isn't greener. You know, you might go over there and realise it's not what you want. So then what do you have left? You know, maybe you've let go of something great that needed that time and energy and opportunities don't wait you know like I'm very mindful of the stage of life that I'm in and like the years that are going to come and what I need to do to make sure that 
you know, those years are comfortable for me. I'm not stressed, I'm not worried and yeah. I'm not scattered and time poor and working 60 hour weeks and doing those things. You know, there's, there's, there's time pressures for certain things as well. And I think that's healthy to acknowledge. Like we can't just fumble through life and expect everything to work out. Like life doesn't go forever, you know, life's short. It is. And then if you do let go of something, you don't always have to fill it with something else. Mm -hmm. It's like get okay with having that clear space in your calendar because mm. that's when you're the most creative. That's totally. when new ideas come to you or you might, you know, walk down the street and meet someone and, yep. you know, the opportunities come from clarity and clear space and a clear mind as well. So get okay with letting go of some of it but mm. then keeping it blank. Mm. It'll fill up organically yep. and naturally with whatever is needed for your next phase of life. Mm. People often think, oh, I need to be busy all the time. But it's like, no, just let it be and then yeah. the rest will take care of itself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right, well, that's mine. Your next one. Oh, and I did touch on this in our last one for season two, but communication, mm. and that's massive. I mean, people are professional storytellers. We mm. make up in our mind, oh, that person's angry at me or maybe I didn't do a good job totally. or, you know, like... But that just comes from a lack of communication and people not being clear. So I just find that a lot of people are overthinkers and mm. overanalyzers and we might not even realize that they've, we might just say something in passing, but that person might be up all night creating a whole story. And communicating hardship requires us to be vulnerable. It can be so hard having a challenging conversation, but guaranteed mm -hmm. the longer you put off that challenging conversation it's going to be way harder as time goes on and as stories in our head grow and as resentment grows as well and then that conversation is going to be just way worse than if you just acknowledge it before it snowballs mm. that's for hard times anyway mm -hmm. so that's more of a personal relationship and you know just general communication like if something's not sitting right with you and you want to repair that relationship, you just have to bring it up mm. in a place from calmness. Yeah. Don't bring it up, you know, when and it's easier said than done. Here I am, you know, if Paul listened to this, he'd be like, oh, don't you don't apply any of this with me. <laughs> yeah. You yell at me, you know what I mean? But, but you know you're doing it. You're like, I'm, I'm being aware. irrational <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> and I'm yelling at you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've got to let it die down and bring it up in a way that can be received well yeah. from the other person. <laughs> it's so true. Luke and I had an argument yesterday. Yesterday, fresh. Yeah, I very couldn't fresh. feel it at breakfast this morning. <laughs> now we've processed it fuck him and his self-awareness um but i said to him last time we if i we ever get into a heated argument if i get angry it takes me a lot to get angry okay right like a lot i'm not an aggressive person like i might i'm probably i probably seem aggressive at times to some people <laughs> but anger is not an emotion that's like something that i i show like i'll show yeah. 50 other emotions before i get angry but if something really frustrates me and pisses me off and i show anger I need hours just to diffuse. Like okay. I need space. And I was like, next, if you ever see this from me, do this. Like I need like six oh, wow. hours of space. Let me go to the gym. Let me do my thing. Don't, don't, don't try and counsel me. Like I'll blow yeah. away, right? <laughs> and honestly, it's like, we need to normalize this. I'd never do this at work. I'd never do this in front of you. I'd never do this in anyone else. But 
relationships, we respond differently, right? When our partners, our family, our close friends, they see parts of us that just don't get airtime anywhere else, you know? And totally. That's, that's so okay. Like you said, Paul pisses you off, you're going to tell him, right? <laughs> like your staff member pisses you off, you're probably not. <laughs> so it's about knowing how to filter that too. And mm. also, like you said, hard conversations we're often just one hard conversation away from getting exactly what we want. Yes. So like last time something happened, I was like communicated, next time this happens, if you ever see this from me, please do this and respect that boundary. And we spoke about this in boundaries, right? Like it's just, it's about naming those boundaries. And so many people often don't, they just don't talk about it, just yeah. leave it. And it's like, no, 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 like arguments are healthy. Like arguments is, is like important for growth, right? It's normal. It means you care essentially about something or yeah. maybe some need isn't being quite met. So being able to do that, obviously practicing it with relationships, doing it in the workplace, doing it in partnerships, it's so important because, you know, even we've had like stretchy conversations, but not a tough conversation, not mm. hard. It's important for growth and for clarity to make sure that both parties are on the same page with certain things so that yes. you can reset things like the rupture itself, right? And then restoring it and making sure that you communicate so that you can work together. Because if you can't communicate, your relationships won't work, right? And I think we're up to like a 60% divorce rate these days. Like it's Days's so going important. up, isn't it? Literally, it's yeah. so important to have open communication, stretchy conversations and dialogues and name your needs to your partners and the people around you. If you don't like something, like just voice it afterwards, <laughs> after the argument's <laughs> over. But yes, I completely agree. Yeah, did it work, his strategy? Yes, it did. Because I thought he's not talking to me. This is odd, you know. <laughs> uh, but that's <laughs> but what then, you wanted. But then we resolved it afterwards, you know, and I think Good. that's that's normal, right? Like, well, it's totally. not normal. It's not normal. It's I'd your say. normal. It's mm. what you want yep. in that moment. Mm -hmm. Good. But... I respect people so much more after a good conversation about something that's a bit tricky oh, and too, cringe. Yes. Like, you know, even when we have to talk, not that it's often, but if we talk about something that's a bit like, because sometimes I go in expecting the other person to get angry mm. and upset, but when you're doing it with someone self-aware, it's bloody beautiful. Oh, it's brilliant. I, I love, love it. it. Yeah. You know, I build so much trust with people when they have those conversations with yes. me. If someone tells me, look, I really appreciate this, but I sort of wanted it this way, do you think we could meet in the middle? Or something like that. Or if someone, even if someone shows me, like I'm just really upset at this. If someone shows me those components and, and is willing to voice that to me rather than just ignore or just flight away or just fight back. Like if someone's actually willing to have an open conversation, like man, I trust them. Yeah. Because I know that when things get hard, they're gonna tell me before they blow up. Yes. Or before it turns into a disaster. and. I think we need to like reinforce, encourage and like appreciate people that do that. But often they don't get met with that. They just get sort of shut down and said like, oh, don't respond like that. Don't do that. Like, mm. how dare you? You know, yeah. and it's sort of you've got to bite your own tongue, even if you do get triggered. Yeah. And you have to create a safe environment for mm. that person. I mean, some of the girls that work at our gym, like sometimes when everyone's busy, you walk past, hey, how are you going? They're like, good. But then... If mm. I actually spent time and, you know, would sit down with them, things come up. You go, oh, my God, I didn't even know so-and-so was feeling that way. Yeah. Next minute they're crying and it's like, oh. Yeah. So you really, but it's it's nice to know that there is a safe space. But mm -hmm. then often we're so busy that we don't really allow that as well. Mm -hmm. And look, we can't have that deep and meaningful conversations with every single human we come across. But for the relationships that we want to keep going and improve, you have to spend time with that person yep. and giving them space rather than just assuming how they feel mm. you know allow them to feel safe and even think oh 
no, maybe I do need help with this. Yeah. Because it's easy for us to say, well, why didn't they just ask for help? You know, mm -hmm. why didn't they tell us that they were taking on too much? But sometimes they don't even realise until they've had that space. Yeah. So I've really had to learn that as well. And that comes from a place of, you know, going back to our last point of just me not being so busy mm. and being too busy for everyone. Because I know a lot of people think, used to think that, and yeah. we've mentioned it yeah. before, like people would start a oh, dialogue I know you're so with, busy. I know you're busy, but. Oh, it you kills know, me. Yeah, I kills mean, me. I don't really get that as much anymore. And, and maybe you don't as well, which is nice, but it is really important mm. um, for that. And then just one last thing on the communication side of it. And I did mention this last time, but what I've realized when it comes to communication, our thoughts are quite unique. You know, particularly as a visionary, you know, founders, we're coming up with our own businesses essentially. We can't expect other people to understand that. Mm. So, yes, it might be, we might have all the ideas in our mind, but it is a real art to be able to communicate what is going on in our head into simple terms to someone else to then take action. Mm. So, I don't know, some people feel like they have to make points complex. Yeah. Whether you're a coach or you're trying to educate people, you know, you want to sound smart and maybe you are smart and that's fine, but you can't expect everyone to have your knowledge or even with the app development, you know, for me, sets, reps, mm. you know, of course it's going to go with an exercise. Yeah. But they didn't know uh, that. Yeah. You know, which it is what it is. But I'm like, oh, where where's, was that sets and reps? It's in the program. But then you literally have to say, I want this here. Mm. There can't be an S on the end of that word. And it's like that has really tested my patience mm. in a sense to go, ooh, hang on a minute. I've just lived in my bubble for the past 10, 15 years. Mm. Everything in here and the language that you and I would talk or people in our industry, it's second nature. Yep. But to people... It's new. People yep. still don't know what a carb is. They don't know. know where their quad yeah. is. Yeah. They don't know that sets and reps goes with an exercise. Yep. Things like that. So that was a real lesson, but humbling in a way because mm. it allowed me to really know things from the inside out to be able to teach it in a simple way. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people resonate better. So it goes back to the imposter syndrome, people who don't feel smart enough. Mm. No one or not most people don't want to know the complexities of the topic. Yeah. It gets boring. People so. tune out. They don't understand. Mm -hmm. They don't want to ask for help. They miss. They still don't know what a quad is. But as to use your example, you're on moment arms talking about the next chapter. It's like they yeah. feel too dumb now to go, oh, hang on a minute. I actually didn't understand the first thing, but yep. it's been an hour. I'm just going to not learn anything, you know. Totally. Keep it simple and clear. Yep, absolutely. Like communication is such a deep rabbit hole of emotional intelligence, isn't it? Yes. But I think it's most people only have the reading ability of a grade five. No. Yeah, not honestly, on average. Oh, I don't know. Really? Well, honestly, reading and spelling of a grade five. What happened um, to high school? <laughs> Autocorrect. <laughs> Autocorrect. <all> <laughs> <laughs> yep, calculators. But oh, I think this is like the average and it would be. Do you oh, know what I mean? Like, okay. a lot, like I don't even know what the numbers are of people completing high school these days. Again, we live in our bubble. We you know? do. So you've got to remember on the internet, you're speaking to everyone. And I, I learned this as well because I've got like quite, not a lot, but quite a few clients that are um, English is their second language. So yeah. I've got to be mindful, like they're a lot of European or whatever. And I've just got to be mindful of what I say, how I say it, how clear I am. And when I'm in a group call, I change my tone and 
the way I'm, I've slowed things down. And, you know, it's hard enough to understand my accent, let alone <laughs> throw in a few different <laughs> slang words. So, yeah, we have to be so mindful. And if you can say something, you know, with three lines that normally you'd say with five lines, do it. You should. Do you know yes. what I mean? You should simplify things to make it easier for people. Because, as you said, as soon as they don't understand, they tune out. And do you want to sound smart or do you want to help people? You know, exactly. like it's, it's about helping people and it's about um, communicating in a clear way. Yep. Communication is key. Yep. It awesome. Is. Well, those are four pretty awesome lessons. And <laughs> like we said at the start, it's so much easier to be able to zoom out afterwards at the end when you've gone through the lessons. And don't get me wrong, we're going to be learning these lessons for the rest of our life. But it's really hard to first see the lesson. Like once you can see it and you're like, oh, you know, this is really important that I don't make these mistakes or I do this thing. That's when you can continue to refine and improve and build skills around it so that you don't have to make significant mistakes in those lessons and fall over and learn it a really hard way. It's about knowing the lesson because, you know, the, the hardest lessons we have to learn are the ones that we cannot see, that we get there and we're like, damn, I just didn't know that would be a bad decision. Mm. So once we can see these lessons, that's when we can start looking back, improving on them and making sure that you can implement changes for the new year. Yep. So be kind to yourself. Good luck for the year ahead, even though we're going to chat anyway. <laughs> chat to you in two weeks after the rewind. And no one likes to know it all, so it's okay if you don't know yeah. it all. Just yeah. keep learning. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review and hit follow so you can stay up to date with our weekly podcast.